Well, today we celebrate the memorial of St. Louis, and I thought it would be good to have the readings that are proper for his feast day. And we notice in our first reading from Isaiah, there's a big emphasis on taking care of the poor, charity towards uh, the needy, and that if there's any kind of works of penance uh, or fasting um, that you engage in, those works of penance and fasting are really kind of made legitimate or at least you know elevated and improved by being done in association with the poor, with helping the poor. So if you fast, take the food that you normally would have eaten and give it to the poor. And so that way your religious uh, exercises, your penances can have a um, can be ordered towards social justice. Uh, now, St. Louis, that is much, very much verified in the life of St. Louis. I, uh, I can hardly restrain my joy when thinking about this guy. He is an amazing saint. He was a king from the 13th century. So he's a king. He, he, you know, he had all of the responsibilities of, uh, being the king of France, uh, which were immense. So he's ruling over an entire kingdom. He was involved in uh, a number of the Crusades. So I think there were about six main Crusades from about, I think, 1090 to 1270, 1280, something like that. There were about six, and I think he participated in like the fourth and the fifth or something to that effect. Um, and so he was waging war in the Holy Land, and then he actually he had to fight some wars as well in his own country in, in Europe. And um, in the midst of all of that, the battling and then the responsibilities of the state, he was amazingly devout. So he would get up at midnight and he would uh, participate in the office of uh, what's called matins. And so the monks would be chanting their office and he would be there following along with them. And then uh, he'd sleep for, that would like be an hour or two. This is every day he's doing this. And then he'd sleep for a little bit, get up again about 5 o'clock in the morning. He'd do prime again with the with the monks and the chaplains that were in his palace. And uh, and then he prayed the other hours throughout the day. And he prayed more hours before uh, supper in the evening. Um, and he prostrated himself like 50 times and prayed a Hail Mary for every prostration. He, I mean, he prayed probably, uh, he heard he heard one or two masses a day. During Lent, he'd hear three masses a day. <laughs> so he was doing like, I don't know, six, seven hours of prayer and religious devotion a day, as well as fasting. Um, they had to like actually calm him down with some of the penances he would do. He'd wear the hair shirt, you know, which is a really rough material underneath his royal robes. He'd have the hair shirt on. Um, he went to confession every week on Friday. And they, and he'd applied the discipline, you know, self-flagellation, so he would engage in that practice, which many of the saints would do. Um, and yet all the time he's, he's traveling, he would try to do all of this while he was traveling and attending to affairs of the state. Um, but, uh, and let me read you one, one, uh, also, uh, his, his bravery in war. Okay, here's just a quote here. Um, but I believe the valor and power which he usually possessed, this is some contemporary author speaking about a battle that he was in, and this is in the Holy Land, but I believe that the valor and power which he usually possessed were half doubled on that occasion through the power of God, for he cast himself into the midst of whatever place he saw his people hard-pressed, 
and dealt great mace and sword strokes in marvelous fashion. And one day, the, now this is French, so I, these are French words, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. The Sieur de Courtenay and Monsieur Jehan de Salonay related to me that six Turks, okay, Muslims, on that day drew near to the king and seized hold of the rein of his horse and were dragging him away by force. But the brave king put forth all his strength and smote these Turks with such great courage that he alone saved himself. So he fought, you know, at one point six Turks. Let alone the fact that he as the king, he's the leader of his army, and he's actually engaging battle on the front lines or wherever the battle was the most difficult, he himself personally would go and fight in that area. But beyond his bravery in battle, beyond his devotion in prayer and, and the penances and ascetic practices, he was amazingly uh, devoted to the poor. Uh, every Wednesday and Friday, he would bring into his personal chamber 13 uh, beggars and poor people. He would uh, uh, have basins of water. He would personally wash their feet and, and kiss them. And the story goes uh, that there was this one beggar who, uh, he's like, um, Sire, you, you missed some dirt there between my big toe and my second toe. Could you could you get that? And like his his assistants were like, oh, oh my gosh. You know, this this poor you know, beggar doesn't know any better. He's like, this is not really proper to say that to your king. But but King Louis was, was oh, thank you for pointing that out. I'm, I'm very sorry about that. Let me get that dirt in between the big toe and the little toe. You know, washed it really well, kissed his feet. Um, of those 13 beggars on Saturday, he'd bring three into, into his most innermost chamber and personally feed them. Okay? And I am telling you that th- that's these kinds of stories, this is scraping the surface. His devotion to the poor was unbelievable. He'd go into the hospitals. Um, there's this one story about him. Uh, he would go in the middle of the night and sleep amongst the sick in, a, in one of their beds. And there's this one bed designated, they call it St. Louis's bed or Louis's bed. Because this is where he would sneak in in the middle of the night and he would sleep amongst all the sick. Um, his his devotion to the poor was really outstanding. Um, and I'll just kind of uh, conclude with this. This is he had eleven children, by the way. Oh, I forgot to tell you. So he was the father of eleven children as well. So this guy is just amazing. Um, but here's his what he basically writes his spiritual testament to his son, to his flesh and blood son. Uh, my dearest son, my first instruction is that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your strength, just like we heard about in the gospel today. Without this, there is no salvation. Keep yourself, my son, from everything that you know displeases God, that is to say, from every mortal sin. You should permit yourself to be tormented by every kind of martyrdom before you would allow yourself to commit a mortal sin. If the Lord has permitted you to have some trial, bear it willingly and with gratitude, considering that it has happened to you for your good and that perhaps you deserve it. If the Lord bestows upon you any kind of prosperity, thank him humbly and see that you become no worse for it, either through vain pride or anything else, because you ought not to oppose God or offend him in the the manner of his gifts. Listen to the divine office with pleasure and devotion. As long as you are in church, be careful not to let your eyes wander and not to speak empty words, but pray to the Lord devoutly, either aloud or with the interior prayer of the heart. Be kind-hearted to the poor, the unfortunate, and the afflicted. Give them as much help and consolation as you can. 
Thank God for all the benefits he has bestowed upon you that you may be worthy to receive greater. Be just to your subjects, swaying neither to right nor left, but holding the line of justice. Always side with the poor rather than with the rich until you are certain of the truth. And so today, my brothers and sisters, we celebrate a very great saint. And through his prayers, may we as well be devoted to prayer, devoted uh, to the poor, courageous, just, and full of the love of God.